Dear ones, welcome to Secret Gardening with Sarah. Let's remember and celebrate Jesus together so we do not lose heart. I hope this is a place each week you will find beauty, delight, and rest. So last week I talked a little bit about singing and dancing and home. And then after I released my podcast, I went with some young girls to a good old barn dance in a rural area nearby. It was a blast. As the King Harvest song will attest, you can't dance and stay up tight. It's supernatural delight. I dare you to play a song and dance for five minutes without smiling. It's so fun. Seriously, do it. <laughs> I think the world could use some more of these barn dances. One time at one, a little boy, maybe six years old or so, tipped his hat at me when we danced in the square dance. Oh, he definitely stole my heart. So stinking precious. Okay, speaking of precious and King Harvest, which is a great band name, by the way. I just can't wait to introduce you to this week's episode. If you didn't know, I'm one of those people that does a lot of different things. I find it difficult to explain myself in an elevator pitch, but just know I'm up to a lot of different things. You can find them on SincerelySarahStudios.com. One of these things is painting weddings. I love experiencing the festival joy of family and friends together, celebrating one of the most beautiful and meaningful sacraments we have here on this side of heaven. Do you know why I love it so much? So many reasons, but mostly it's a picture of the gospel and the joy Jesus has for us. If you have never heard Tim Keller's sermon, The Lord of the Wine, please just stop this and go listen right now. I think it's on YouTube. I'll link it in my notes. And while I'm at it, I'll link my other favorite, A Covenant Relationship. Why not? I have listened to both of these so many times, and I'm so encouraged on those days when I need to remember what's true. And it's simply this. Jesus loves us, loves us. The God of the universe knows my name and loves me and you. And he provided a way for us to have more than we could ever ask for or imagine. And while he wants us to have fullness of joy for his glory and his joy, what a savior we have. It makes me think of vineyards in a dance party I once had at a vineyard. This is episode three, Grafting, Bearing Good Fruit. sound foolish if you know anything about plants, but I genuinely did not know that plants got diseases until not that long ago. I planted some fruit trees last year on a bit of a whim, knowing it would take years to have fruit, so I thought I might as well start. Then someone told me to keep my eyes open for disease and think about creating a spray routine to prevent disease. And if the trees do get sick, you'll have to give it medicine. I think there's even antibiotics. What? I was so confused. Not plants too. Death and decay and all the effects of sin really do reach 
all of creation, don't they? Even plants. I guess I must have known that plants get sick, but for some reason the word disease made me sad and more anxious than I was expecting. What if I failed them? Recently, I learned that almost all apples that we eat are grown on grafted apple trees. That means a sturdy base apple tree is grown, probably one that's fruit would not taste very good to us at all. And then we graft the yummy tasting variety that's a little bit weaker on top. The more delicious varieties are too susceptible to disease, they need a better base tree to keep them alive so they can bear that good fruit. The two become one as the cut flesh of the young tree's wounds bind together and the tree is grafted together to grow and produce the fruit that we can't wait to go pick and eat right in the apple orchard. Or maybe we get it from the grocery store and add some peanut butter or something to it. Side note, does anybody like red delicious apples? Like anybody? Maybe cooked or something? I don't know. I think they're disgusting. (laughs) I didn't even know there were different way tastier apples out in the world until I was much older. I didn't even think I liked apples for a long time because we always had red delicious in the house. Although now that I think about it, we had Granny Smith, but those are green. So just pretend like you're tracking with me. My siblings and I would watch cartoons where apples look so good. Do you know what I mean? Cartoon apples. Somehow those cartoon apples awakened an appetite inside of me. So every time I would try another red delicious and be sorely disappointed when it was just not delicious. Anyways, I know there are some more apple varieties. Some of my favorites are Pink Lady, Gala, Fiji, or Fuji, (laughs) or Honeycrisp. I remember picking apples with some college friends my first year in college and being blown away how delicious an apple could be. Sweet with a little tart and that cartoon apple crisp feeling that I was hungry for. Take that, Red Delicious. All right, all right, back on track. I know you know this podcast is going to eventually cover abiding in the vine if you've spent any time in church. If you haven't, be sure to check out John chapters 14 through 17. You can read how Jesus prays for you. Yes, you! We can remember together today to abide in Christ when we are grafted to Him. He does beautiful things in and through us, and we can rest in that truth. Andrew Murray, in his book, Abiding in Christ, writes, It was in the connection with the parable of the vine that our Lord first used the expression, Abide in me. That parable, so simple and yet so rich in its teaching, gives us the best and most complete illustration of the meaning of our Lord's command and the union to which He invites us. The parable teaches us the nature of that union. The connection between the vine and the branch is a living one. No external, temporary union is described here, and no work of man can make it happen. The branch, whether an original or an engrafted one, is the Creator's own work. The life, the sap, the fatness, and the fruitfulness of the branch are only possible because of its attachment to the vine. And so it is with the believer, too. His union with his Lord is no work of human wisdom or human will, but an act of God, by which the closest and most complete life union possible is forged between the Son of God and the sinner. Murray continues to talk about the branch and how the branch can do nothing without the vine, and then a big surprise. Without the branch, the vine can also do nothing, such as the wonderful condescension of the grace of Jesus. Just as his people are dependent on him, he has made himself dependent on them. Wow! Oh, I could definitely just read this whole book aloud to you and still want to keep talking about the wonderful mystery of abiding in Christ, the intimacy and joy that we have with him. 
When I was a kid, I tried really hard to tackle my faith. I was so sure I could read the Bible and understand it all. I remember struggling to stay awake as I reached the end of Genesis. I didn't make it very far. I would pray for ways to please God, to grow in my own way. I would make Him promise after promise and fail big time. You guys, I even remember hearing the story of Jonah at Vacation Bible School at some church and telling God, hey, if you ever need me, I will go. I will not be like Jonah, and I will just go and listen to you. (laughs) Hey, God, if you ever need me, the sovereign Lord of the universe, if you need me, and maybe I secretly hope that he didn't need me. God was there. He loved me then. He was very patient to me to let me see that growth is from abiding in him and with him. And over the years, he humbled my eager, smug, and ambitious heart along the way. He still is doing that, by the way. (laughs) He pursued me in a tender and intentional way. Years later, I felt the call that all followers of Jesus have to go and share his name and his love and his salvation to all those who do not know. It wasn't because he needed me, but he chose us all to be his hands and feet to bear good fruit. A friend of mine once said, doing something for God is kind of like doing the dishes with a three-year-old. My friend, the father in the situation, is actually doing the dishes and cleaning up everything. His little girl wanted to help, so every off, so often he would give her a spoon so she could put it in the right slot. So yeah, he's doing the dishes, but she could say, I'm doing the dishes too, <laughs> and smile real big. Oh, she was delighted every single time because she got to help her father do the dishes. The metaphor breaks down, but you get the point. It's time with the Father. Delight in their faces and the job is completed. In the outskirts of Athens, Greece, my friends and I celebrated the end of our time together at a vineyard. We spent a significant amount of time over the months studying the portion of the book of John where Jesus is talking about abiding and praying for us. We studied ambilocopy, which is a Greek word for vineyard, We were a pretty close-knit group about to say goodbye to each other for the rest of our lives. No doubt we would see one or a few of each other, but we would never all be in the same place again, most likely, or at least not yet. We spent some time walking through the vineyard and reflecting on all God was teaching us about being branches grafted to His vine. We prayed together. We had been together a little while as a family to grow and love, and now we are being sent to the next place God was calling each of us to all around geographically. One of my favorite parts of this time at the vineyard was when we were inside the building, which is kind of surprising. It was big and modern, and we were the only people visiting that day. And all of a sudden, someone started playing music, and a little goodbye dance party broke out between us. We were all alone in this great big room, and we just let loose. My Greek family, for many months, out of our love and comfort for each other, we just danced and danced. Some interpretive dance was definitely in there. It was so special, and it is a treasure of a memory. Fast forward five years, I am painting at a wedding reception for a family friend. This family has loved me well for over 20 years. They're one of those families that gave me hope when it felt like nobody else cared. Back in the day when I was tackling my faith, like I said in the beginning, all on my own, well, I felt like that at least, but I knew this family. I am realizing as I'm painting, there has been this theme from the beginning, a love story, a groom determined to find his bride, a groom who so loves his bride that he would die for her. In fact, 
does so she can be with him forever so that she may be presented in all her glory and joy and beauty forever with him. And then today I'm listening to a song I haven't listened to in a while. It's called Tonight by J.J. Heller. I will link it for you for sure. In college, I would sing it over and over to Jesus. It took me a good long while to see it was technically a wedding song, perfect for a first dance. How fitting that God would use a wedding song to woo me to Him. We are His bride after all. We are grafted to Him to bear good fruit, to one day have the everlasting joy of the feast and intimacy with Him. And we have access to that joy today. I think it's worth those initial wounds to be grafted to such a Savior. What do you think? Today, if you hear Him, let your feet take off running. Don't worry who is watching. I do declare these words from John 15, starting at verse 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish— and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you will love one another. All right, guys, don't take my words. Those are Jesus' words. You are so dearly loved, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Taylor Linhart, for your song. I thoroughly enjoyed today, and I hope you guys go and get to dance a little bit. Sincerely, Sarah.